In this episode of Skating in Circles, we hear from Shreddy Mercury, an individual who has a lot going on right now. We talk about what it's like to ride a skateboard 50 miles without pushing, how it feels to move across the country at a young age, what inspired him to become a skateboard instructor, and all of the things in between. Shreddy is a person with whom I imagine almost everyone finds it easy to chat with. I look forward to skating with him in the future, and you should too. He can probably teach us a thing or two. As always, thank you for listening. All right, hello and welcome to Skating in Circles. I'm here with Shreddy Mercury. Shreddy, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you are somewhat close to me, right? You're on the East Coast, U.S. Yeah. Uh, where, where exactly are you? In Rockville, Maryland. Rockville, Maryland. Which is like um, 15, 20 minutes from D.C. Cool. So like whenever I mention Maryland, um, usually people bring up like Baltimore, which is um, probably like one of the more well-known cities, I want to say. Um, but I'm way closer to D.C. I, I barely spend any time in Baltimore. I'm, you know, in, I guess they call it the tri-state area. Sure. Where, um, you know, if we go like 15 minutes one way, it's Virginia you know, 15 minutes the other way is DC. So I'm just like in the middle of um, those three um, states. Yeah. Maryland's a funny state because it's got like a couple of big cities in there and then a bunch of colleges, right? It's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot going on for such a small area. And you're in Maine, you're in Maine right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Maine. Um, Northeast, you know, has been my home for about 10 years now. I used to live in New Jersey though, closer to you. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. where I grew up. Um, but yeah, I'm in Maine and Southern end, so it's not as cold as it can be, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Like it. Okay. Have you been to NJ Skate Shop? NJ Skate Shop? I have not. That's one I've never been to, but next time I go, I want to check it out. Um, there's this pro skater, Fred Gall, who recently did um, a video um, talking about like a new Thrasher um, collabo with that skate shop and also like a skater that passed away and... Um, it looks really sick. Like it's a older shop. I, th- I don't know how old it is, but it's, it's one that I've heard about forever. That's um, cool. Yeah. Whenever I go to a new town, that's what I do. I, I try to check out the, the skate shop first and then go off and do other stuff. <laughs> that's kind of like my routine. Whenever I visit any new state or city or whatever, try to check out the kind of check in with the, the local shop and then just move from there. Oh, wow. I love that. That's such a cool idea. Cause the, the skate shop gives you really that microcosm of, of what the community looks like, right? And yeah, to find uh-huh, some cool for people. sure. That's so cool. Totally. Awesome. So I have a question for you that I like to ask everyone on the show. And that question is pretty simple. What motivates you? Um, that's, a, that's a good question because uh, I could go on for hours on that one. I, and so much motivates me, um, especially these days with... Um, the world kind of like going crazy, so to speak. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like everything that's going on, but like I'll watch the news for a second and then kind of have to turn it off immediately because it's overwhelming, uh, you know, the bad stuff happening. Exactly, yeah. But uh, I, I guess first and foremost, like my parents, I, I'm motivated by my parents. Like I'm very um, grateful and, and, and happy that they moved from Colombia to America and, had me and my sister because if I was still in Colombia, I would be probably trying to figure out like how I can get to America, just um, especially as a skater. 
um, like for instance, David Gonzalez, he's from Colombia, but if he was still there, he wouldn't have the career he's had, you know, he had to like move to California and get on flip and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, as like first generation American citizen, I'm motivated by so many people, all, you know, all the skaters, like um, the Gons, and I'm just a huge fan because he's more than just a skater, he's an, an artist, um, he's a just pioneer, a legend, like real legend, like people have called me legend, and I'm like, no, 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 like I'm, like maybe like after I die, you can say that, but like not, not now, <laughs> um, but he's for sure a living legend. I'm just motivated to still be alive and because um, I've had a lot of friends that have passed away within you know like the pandemic time and one of the guys that got me into LDP actually his name was Bart and he passed away last year and so whenever I skate um, I think about him and the rest of my friends that have passed away um, other people I haven't met in real life but I've just followed through Instagram or magazines and stuff and that's the kind of cool thing about, or the best thing about Instagram and social media is getting to know so much about other people and and become kind of close to them, even though you've never met them. You know, it's it's kind of weird, but it's cool. Yeah. Like I've I've met pro skaters where like I know like their whole life, like I've been reading their interviews and and just followed like everything, and then I'm like, hi, like in in my head I'm thinking I know so much about you and you have, you have you don't know who I am at all. But so it gets kind of like a little awkward, but but cool in a way. Like I'm privileged to know so much about um, people that motivate me. Yeah, yeah. I love how you mentioned some of the some of these OG uh, street skateboarders, yeah. right? Mark Gonzalez. You know, like I think uh, th- this is like a distance skateboarding podcast in theory, right? But you know, yeah, I come from like a street skateboarding background too. You know, and like I'm really mm. inspired by by people like that who kind of just did their own thing the whole time. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, exactly. And like, that's kind of um, what we have to do in, in distance skateboarding. Right. It's like, it's already its own thing. It's like, you're kind of just doing it to do it for yourself. Right. And, and art for mm-hmm. the sake of art kind of thing. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's, it's funny. Like when I think about how I got into LDP, because it was kind of, um, not planned out and and i kind of was in it without really knowing what it was (laughs) um like in i used to work at a skate shop called socal in in socal yeah (laughs) uh, orange county um so i I ran the i managed the the retail shop and um one of the guys ryan he uh he invited me to go on there like sunday morning uh they called it like skate church basically where they would uh do a distance skate, which was, um, I guess the official term or name was Cooks to Pinks. So there's um, like a famous biker bar in Orange County called um, Cooks Corner. And then we would start over there and then skate to um, Pink Park or it's Laguna uh, Hill Skate Park. And it's look, the pavement's kind of pinkish looking, so they call it Pink Park. Oh, so cool. it's Cooks to Pinks. And it's like eight miles on a bike trail. And the majority of it is downhill and it's not too fast. So it's a really nice kind of old guy cruise that we do. So I, I would um, meet up with these guys Sunday morning, skate for like an hour or an hour and a half, and then just end up like near the skate shop and then just kind of say peace out to them and then open up the shop. And so it was a really nice kind of Sunday r- routine. And uh, I actually ended up in a magazine um, that was featuring LDP. 
it was a uh, it's called coping block um and it's from florida um this guy cleo who's like an og kind of transition skater and so there's one section that was called um push culture and uh it was a really amazing day i, I don't know if it was fully planned i guess it was planned out because huh? uh, there was like a photographer and everything but um are you familiar with uh, Professor Schmidt? Uh, yeah, the the skateboard, the guy who makes the who made all the skateboards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. PS Six. So he actually was there with us. So I'm pretty sure I had met him already, but he was part of it also. Oh, cool. And and bar and so I can send you like a link to it later on. But I'm in this like lineup, uh, and and so I was like featured in a LDP article like without really knowing. I was just kind of doing what they were doing basically. And I thought it was fun, and I'm I'm kind of like that, like just go with the flow of like, what um, what I can relate to. Like if I can relate to it, then I'll do it. But if if not, then it's just like over my head. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure I've I've heard, like the more I, I look into LDP, I think like I've heard about events like Adrenalina, and um, forget what else. But um, because of my friend Scott Hoster who got me into slalom. And I'm pretty sure he's he, he's the one that mentioned it to me, and uh, it, it was it was kind of too soon. Like it would, or I just thought like he might have even mentioned Ultra, and I just thought that's so crazy. Like that's like why would you do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> like it's sure. like rid- like ridiculous. <laughs> but now I'm like looking forward to it. Like I'm I'm going this year or like next year, I guess. Um, and I'm so excited. But like, you know, a few years ago, I, I was kind of like almost scoffing at it. Like, why would you do that? Like, it's like so like insane, like torture. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it is torture, right? That's, that's, I, I was thinking about that. Like it's an endurance sport and like what you're enduring is pain, right? That's the endurance. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they call it? The, um, the, uh, pain box or I forget. I think a Angel pain mentioned cave. it like pain, pain cave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Paint box is good too, though. I like that. (laughs) So, so that article, when was it, when was it written? Um, I want to say 2017. Okay. And that's when you kind of Um, first found out about distance riding as, as a culture, right? You had already been doing it clearly, but. um, Yeah. But like, not even then, like I was in the, I was just like, oh, that's cool. I'm in the magazine with like Paul, um, you know, Paul Schmidt and some of my friends and, um, but I didn't really like, I don't know. I didn't think much of it. I just thought like, I like skating with these guys and it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think back to like when I moved to California from Maryland back in 07, like after, cause I graduated high school in 04 and then, um, I tried college and dropped out and then I moved to California in 07 and I didn't have a car cause I sold it. And with that money, that was like how I survived for like a, a year, basically oh, wow. like eating ramen noodles and you know just like barely anything a can of beans a day <laughs> that kind of diet um but um what was i gonna say oh yeah I did, so i didn't have a car so i was in la and i would just skate everywhere you know I'd skate miles and miles just to save money um you know from like using it instead of using it on the bus i'd be like i'm just gonna skate because the weather's so nice yeah i just thought dude i'm in california i'm like I'm here. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I loved it. And I would just go skating for miles and try to meet people and, and just make um, the, the best of it basically. So if, if I really think back to it, like my LDP started like in 07, um, but not as a sport, but just for 
lack of transportation basically right. just skating to get places it was like the purest form of skateboarding was just riding yeah. your board to where you needed to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> just and then just getting to know the area and i didn't have a car so i was just skating my ass off every day uh i remember one time when i, I lived in long beach i would I worked at the hundreds um, warehouse um, at the streetwear company. And it was such a rad job because they had a mini ramp in there and everything. But um, I, since I lived in Long Beach, that uh, warehouse was like in near downtown LA. And so I had to like skate a mile to the metro and then from the metro take like uh, two buses and then skate another mile. <laughs> so like my long distance skating was for like many, many years because I didn't have a car for forever basically. Because even if you have a car in LA, it's kind of like you don't want to use it because the traffic's so bad. Right. And then like parking and stuff, it's just gnarly. So um, like later on, I ended up moving to Portland and just would ride ride my bike more so than skate because it rains a lot there. And so it's kind of easier with the bike. But anyway, I I have a vivid memory of waking up at six in the morning or probably earlier, like five and it's dark and I had to be at the metro at six. And I'm just pushing on the streets because you know how it is like sidewalk sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly kind of more dangerous on the sidewalk because there's so many cracks and uneven ground and debris from trees and whatever else, trash. So I just get in the street, boom, boom, push, push, push. And then I hit something and it made me fall so hard. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I almost got hit by a car too because I was in the street and I fell and I had to just roll right. over. Cars are whizzing, whizzing by me in downtown Long Beach. and then I, But I wanted to see what I hit. So I don't know if that's, like, relatable to, like, to other skaters. But, like, you just want to know, like, what... <laughs> what made me fall yeah it's good so it's good. i looked back and it, was, and it was a um a blow pop what <laughs> like one of those like lollipops it was like oh, one of those wow. big ones like it just caught my wheel and it just like skid i i, I want to say i have a picture of it still like i took a photo of it because you could see like that skid mark <laughs> and i was just like fuck that thing dude <laughs> oh my oh, gosh man. but it's like intense like that's um yeah the purest form of skating and um could be so dangerous too but i guess that's part of the fun of it also yeah. just like getting from a to b like in one piece so that was a fun one yeah yeah i was out the other night um and was sca- i skate this loop that i do over and over again at night because it's safe and it's really quiet road it's got lights and everything skating in circles yeah, yeah. skating in circles <laughs> exactly and uh you know i'm coming back from a loop and I just ate shit, you know, I just like took a digger, right? Like had no idea. How did you fall? I, I, that's the thing. It was dark. So I wasn't like sure what I hit, but like it was, oh, you know, oh, just you some, hit something. Okay. yeah, just like some sticks or something. Right. Like got in yeah. the way and uh-huh. I didn't see it. And, um, you know, I just hit the ground hard. Right. Like, like you do <laughs> when you get cut off. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but you know, that's like, I feel like that's just part of the gig. You know, it's yeah, not a matter of yeah. if, right? It's like a when thing, and mm-hmm. yeah, 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 knowing how to handle Definitely. it helps. Totally. Um, I, I was doing a skate lesson the other day, and the, it was this little girl, and she wanted to learn how to drop into a quarter pipe, and so I was holding her hands, and then I told her, okay, one, two, three, you're gonna lean in, and then four means put your front wheels onto the ramp, like on, you know, like connect your front wheels to the ramp no hesitation like dropping in it's like you you like you're just dropping with the board and so she was like oh, wait hold on she said mr shreddy but what if i fall and <laughs> i wanted to laugh because it was like so cute like she was kind of like shaking and 
and like scared, but it was like kind of in, in a cute way. But I didn't yeah. want to laugh because I don't want to, you know, make fun of her or anything. So I, I just very calmly told her, you know, it's not if, it's when, and more importantly, how. And so if you do fall, or when you fall, um, you want to fall forwards because you have pads on, you have your helmet, your knee, your elbow. You want to be able to use that armor and then distribute the blow. You want to like roll forwards, either like knee slide or just like tuck and roll like Jackie Chan. Sometimes I'll bring up Jackie Chan, but these kids are like too young to know. Right. So I was going like, to say, does that Burr. reference even work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, you want to stop, drop and roll. You want little boo-boo here, little boo-boo here, and not just like, oh, my arm's broken or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's part of the game. It's either like you fall and quit or you fall and you get back up and you're, and you're a lifer. You know, you just, you're okay with that. And, and that's part of skating. And it, it toughens you up, I, I want to say, for, for anything in life. Just knowing that, I, yeah, I can take a hit. You know, like it's, I've done it before and and you know how to fall. So that's like part of what I teach is like how to fall and not just like, um being perfect like yeah. i have a lot of little little sayings where i'll say something like um we're not looking for perfection we're looking for progress every day just little little wins you know little baby steps um and that's what matters because all those baby steps will um like a marathon like ultra you know it, all it takes is pushing and then pushing and then just n not stopping just continuing to push even if you go slow just if if you can do 24 hours of slow pushing good on you like yeah that's what it's all about um something a teacher once taught me was learning looks like failure so if you're if you're failing then you're doing it right you know like the more mm. you know and like people like to like um kind of riff on this in many different ways but mm -hmm. I, I really do think that like it's about being able to process these like shortcomings right and um like teaching someone how to drop in like what you're doing the process mm -hmm. is so, it looks terrible. Like you fall the whole time, right? It's like 90% of the mm -hmm. time you try a trick, you don't land it, you know? And being okay with that is, is a is a skill, right? You have to develop. Yeah, totally. And um, I'm happy to teach because especially with the drop-in, it's very unnatural. Um, and I can prove it because if I stand on my tail switch like with my opposite foot sure. and i try to drop in it's it's almost like um starting over and, and you're like i cannot do this like it's like you're on a diving board where you push down and it comes back up push down yeah. and kind of bouncing that's why i have this process where i i tell them that it's like a trust fall or a trust test kind of thing but like with yourself and just kind of you're playing you're you're um cooperating with gravity like like a roller coaster you're just enjoying gravity and, uh, instead of it like taking you to you know like falling down you're basically falling down like in a safe way mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah no that does make sense it's like having that relationship with with falling is is not so or just moving through space even you're you're in more control the more you've fallen uh-huh is i like how you're teaching people that like yeah totally and it's, it's just all baby steps and i i never put them into a situation that um i know that like they can't do like um i'm always there to guide the way and most impo most importantly it's, it's like i try to teach like what they want to learn so i'm not going to be like like i've taken different certification courses for for teaching skating mm -hmm. um and some are very um 
like regimented and it's like oh here's a checklist for by this time you should know rock and roll and backside axle stall and this and that and and that's a little bit um too rigid for me like what i like to do is cater it to every student to, like I'll, every session I'll, I'll ask what do you want to learn today or what do you want to like um like what are your goals what are your dreams um like because i'll tell them like if, if i see you at the skate park and ask you what are you working on and you tell me i don't know or i'm just skating uh, like that's not the answer i want to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, i want them to be working on something not for the sake of just working on something but um it's funner that way like for me i have so much fun when i have a goal in mind um and i hate to say training because training i don't know like i'm kind of an older skater so Mm -hmm. I'm semi brainwashed with like the yeah. Thrasher magazine yeah. and certain things like anti sport. Like, sp whenever I hear sport with skating, I kind of cringe, but it's fine. I just come from an older time where it was anti sport, you know, like that's why I got into skating because it was not soccer, it was not whatever else. And mm -hmm. It was more individual, but um, I tried to just um, implement that kind of like goal setting. Because then that also transfers to like other things they want to do in life where I'll tell them have the, the end in mind. Like if any trick you want to do or whatever you want to do, think about like the end point and kind of go in reverse. Like what got, what, what can get me there? Like what steps will lead to getting to that position? Like, um, and like visualizing it too, like a dream, dream board kind of thing. Uh -huh. I also talk about kind of like, um, have you seen, read or seen the movie, The Secret? No, I don't think so. So I'm pretty sure it was like a book at first. It was um, like on Oprah's wish list or whatever. And then my mom actually, she she told me about it. And then I, they made like a DVD version of it. And then I watched it. And then I told my mom, hey, I, I kind of already knew this because of um, how I work with skating. Like I just, um, I would cut out the pictures in the magazines and like the shoe I wanted, I would put it on my wall and like the board that I wanted from CCS or whatever, CCS. put it on my wall and then, yeah, and so like I, I remember you talked to um, oh man, I'm Jeremiah. Or, oh, was it? Was it I think it was Gavin actually. Gavin, yeah. Was Gavin. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm happy I remember this because um, he said his first board was a World Industries, I think he said World Industries, and that was my first legit board too, which was um, well I know he mentioned like his first like long board was like um Sector Nine Pintel or something like that, but uh, I want to say he for, for street skating he had to see um. A world industries and that's what i had to back in it was like either 99 98 99 it was a flame boy versus wet willy yeah such a like you had to have that one yeah. <laughs> so i don't know that's a nice memory oh you know what dude i've got behind me on this shelf here uh yeah. a wet willy and, and a flame boy wax like one of really each. yeah yeah Where'd you get that from? i i got them when i was like 10 or 11. I've just oh, had them man. in the wrapper still since then. Dude, okay, so we're like similar age then. How, how old are you? I'm 30, 30 years old. Oh, okay, so I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm 37, but um, when I was 12, um, so that was probably like 98, or when was that? When you got uh, that? Probably you 2004, 2005. Oh, that was later on then. Yeah. Because I know they kind of made a, like a comeback, so, so to speak. But um, the, the board I had was like Wet Willie shooting like a super soaker at Flame Boy. And he's shooting like fire and then it made like a yin yang in the middle where it's like the water and, and the fire. I think so I it's like a cla that. classic one. I've been trying to see if I could like re revive it or something, but I don't know. 
I haven't been looking into it too much. I, I kind of want it to almost show up into my life organically. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Have you ever heard of this book? It's uh, it's actually my brother's. I have it also behind me. It's called Agents Provocateur. And it's like... That, that sounds familiar. I've all of, of these old skate graphics from the 90s. Mm. And some of the really edgy ones, right? There's like, mm -hmm. you know, some some really edgy stuff they would never print today and uh, probably uh, like a lot of world industry for yeah. like that but like but before flame boy because that's when you kind of like sold out so to speak right yeah yeah i think exactly and <laughs> there's some good ones in there but it's it's really cool skate history i think you'd like it i'm gonna check that out yeah because i'm i'm pretty into skate history like um at one point i was um an intern for salman aga have you heard oh, of this really guy? salman aga he yeah. won skater of the year one year yes thrasher exactly so like they call him like um yeah thrasher skater of the year i forget like in the 90s but they they call him like switch god because he was one of the pioneers of switch skating and also nollie um right. but i he he started this this um it was like a coffee table style magazine um called skatebook and it was basically just like a higher end skate mag but like super thick and something you could just have on your coffee table and you know oh, nice cool. quality like paper and ink and everything but um i was his intern and uh on the first day of meeting him uh, we were looking through a magazine and then i was pointing out different things like oh so did you know this and did you know that and he was like dude no i don't know none about this You're, he referred to me as like a skateboard encyclopedia <laughs> and i and i i thought that was so funny because I don't think so, but like maybe maybe I am, uh, or maybe I just know so much because I've been digesting all this content since I was twelve. I'm just really curious, and so I, I like to. If I'm into something, I'll really get into it. And I think that's like a common thing with skaters to be like almost like addictive, with like oh my god, like with LDP, I I watched that push film. Oh, that's a good one. And that was like that was like uh, the light turned on in my head where I was like, oh my gosh, this is. Like I need to do this, and I think it was like two months before the ultra. Where I just signed up, and I think before I ended watching that film, like I just hopped on Facebook and I messaged like Andy mm -hmm. Yandras and I forget who else. Like just like all these people that I saw in the film, I just like messaged them, and within like half an hour, like probably like most of them, if, if not all, like messaged me back, and they're like, "Yo, what's up, man?" And and that's one of my favorite things about LDP is that it, is that it's kind of small. Um, kind of like slalom and, and that's how I was with slalom too I would just kind of like reach out to everyone and now I'm like friends with people even like in other countries that are like um, you know super OG slalom skaters and I just chat with them and ask them questions and it's a similar vibe with LDP where it's like a lot of older guys and, and girls and it, it's like that um, kind of niche uh, thing where you get really tech into it and like oh my gosh what duro and what size and what angle and how many layers and the flex and you just kind of nerd out like hardcore way more than street skating like so the older i get the more deep i get into skating like the like deeper and deeper the uh slalom is super scientific that's where i feel like a lot of the pumping that ldp gets is is from a lot of mm. the slalom stuff um but you know this concept you have of just reaching out to people right and talking to them right i think people can learn a lot from that it, it really doesn't hurt to ask right it doesn't hurt to just ask someone a question the worst thing that happens is they don't respond you know 
Yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I credit that to like my, I guess, career in the skate industry. Because when I moved to California, I didn't know one person. I knew, like I had visited San Diego and I met one guy, uh, Chris Weikert, who, who um, worked at a skate shop. And so like, even when I was a teenager, I still had the same kind of like routine of like, oh, I'm in a new city, a new state, like, let me just kind of check in with the home home shop mm -hmm. and see what's up um you know like where do i go to eat where's the skate park where's the skate spot or whatever um i mean it, like that's how you can tell it's like a real skate shop like they would know these things yeah not like a whatever like it i don't know but, yeah for um, sure that's that's cool i like that little litmus test you know walk in ask them yeah. a set of questions if they don't answer them then you walk right out find the next yeah one. just move <laughs> on to the next one <laughs> um but yeah i met this guy chris and uh he um he asked me where are you from and i said maryland he's like oh dude i'm from baltimore we just instantly clicked and um there was a, a demo that day the real team was in town and he was like dude if you want it like there's this demo i'm about to be off right now from work if you want to go check it out um i'll take you and i was just like sure and we went we afterwards we went to like a burger king or something and he was telling me how he worked at zero at the warehouse and how he would run into like Jamie Thomas and all these people. And, oh, and so I was cool. just like, so wide eyed and like, Oh my God, <laughs> like that's, that's it. Like, that's all I want to do with my life is just be like working behind the scenes and get to meet these people that I idolize from the magazines and videos. And, but then um, shortly after he moved to Colorado and opened up a, a sneaker shop, um, but he, I would keep in contact with him. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to California and then, maybe like with your connections at zero maybe i can get in there and that didn't end up didn't end up working out but um i still moved to san diego and i just would kind of like hit up every skate shop and and uh, what i noticed was that it's way more spread spread out than la like i didn't know la at the time but i thought like okay if anything i'll just move to los angeles and if i can't make it there then it's just not meant to be um so i just took all my belongings, which was like pretty much like a backpack and my skateboard. Mm -hmm. um, and I did the same thing over there to hit up like everyone I could think of. And I ended up getting an in, uh, unpaid internship at Grind King. Oh, shit. Um, and I think Gav, maybe it was Gavin also that mentioned he had Grind King. So um, I ended up working at Grind King, which was also associated with Dogtown and um, Creeper Trucks. And what else? Uh, at one point, they did Von Dutch. Oh, cool. But anyway, um, I worked with them for no money, and that was crazy because I had to take like three buses plus the metro, and so similar to the Long Beach commute, but like a little bit gnarlier. Um, until one of the guys got fired in the warehouse, and then they were like, "Hey, you you want to start getting paid?" And then I said, "Yeah." And so they were like, "Okay, so you you got to be the assistant production manager." And I thought, "Okay, I'll like if you can train me, I'll do it." So that was like my first job was working with Grind King from being unpaid to kind of just um, falling into a position and, and just moving from there. And that that's what led to the rest of um, the companies that I worked with. That's so just cool. kind of like toughing it out. And I wasn't even like qualified to be an intern, honestly, because I wasn't going to college. I think I just kind of forged some papers. Like I went to like a community college and I grabbed like the form and I filled it out and I kind of just like gave it to them. And, but they didn't care. They, like, they were just like, okay, young guy who wants to work for free. Cool. That's perfect. <laughs> so I, I knew that would work out. I'm just like, here's a paper. And they're like, sick. Okay. You, do you, can you work? And, and I said, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So where else have you, have you worked then in, in regards to places like that? Like, 
you said you never made it into zero, but what what else? Um, so first, uh, so like I worked at a skate shop in Maryland called Asylum. It was called Asylum Wake Skate Snow because you know how it is here on the East Coast. Like with the seasons, you have to kind of like do everything. So snowboards and wakeboards and skateboards and the shoes and all that stuff. They ended up going out of business. I remember one day I was I was um, at the counter and we see like this police officer walk up to the door and just posted something on it and then left. And we looked and it was a notice of eviction. So I guess like the owners were not paying the rent. I stopped working there and then that's kind of like what got my gears moving. Like what? I didn't know what else to do. Like my dad, um, he sells real estate. He's like a real estate agent. And so I was like 18 at the time. And he, he told me, hey, you could get your real estate license and make a lot of money and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, I'll try that. It, it just didn't work at all. Like I failed the test. I didn't even study, honestly. Like I just, I couldn't relate to it at all. Like I've never been motivated by money, which sounds ridiculous, but I've always just wanted to do what I wanted to do, which is, I guess, kind of like a skater mentality or like an artist where yeah. it's like, you just, if it feels right, then that's what you want to do. Like, you don't want to, I don't know. I've done a lot of like menial uh, work and warehouse stuff just to get by, but pretty much it was SK shop. And then I moved to California and San Diego didn't work out. Um, I had a few interviews, but since I didn't have a car, like the transportation system over there is way more, um, hard to deal with like unless you live in downtown san diego and you're just kind of like staying there that's cool but i lived in mission valley which is kind of like out there so i just thought like okay with the money i have i'm just going to move to la and through this website called malachi.com i saw that they had this intern internship um uh, position available with grind king so thanks to that website i was able to apply and then get in and later on i worked with uh 411 video magazine which was a dream come true. Oh, cool. So that was a dream come true that I never dreamed about. So it was also an internship, but it was a paid internship, which was nice. Um, and so I got that position. Then what happened was like, I waited like a week or something for a reply and nothing. And then like a week and a half. And I was kind of like, dude, like freaking out. Cause I was so excited to get to like, get the position, but then they just kind of left me hanging. And so I kept calling, keep calling. And then I just ended up going there. And I said, hey, uh, I was I did an interview with this guy, John, and he said that like they're down to hire me and, and then like then nothing. And they said, yeah, this he doesn't work here anymore. So I thought, wow, this is kind of insane. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And so they just kind of like kept giving me the runaround. So like I came back another day and I knew there was this guy, Chris Ortiz, that worked there. He, and he's like um, he's been a photographer for Transworld magazine for a long time, like since like near the beginning. Um, it's I knew he worked there and I had never met him, but I knew of him for sure. And that he was the kind of guy that is into helping people, like helping other skaters. And like he, a lot of people in, in you know, all the interviews I would read that I, I would see his name come up where, oh, thanks to Ortiz. Uh, he gave me my start and this kind of thing. So I thought, okay, I have nothing really to lose other than like, you know, like just it not happening, but I'm just going to go and see what happens. So I showed up like a day later, I don't know when, not, I didn't let too much time go by, but I came back and I just told the front desk lady, hey, I have a meeting with Chris Ortiz. Um, what floor is he on? And they said uh, fourth floor or whatever. So I just, I kind of like, I, that's a straight lie. Like I didn't have any meeting with him. So <laughs> I just went up the elevator and I was looking around and I asked somebody, hey, do you know where Chris Ortiz's office is? And said, oh yeah, yeah. So I, so I just kind of played it cool and they said, oh, over here, you know. So I kind of walked in and he, 
and he was not expecting me, but I kind of <laughs> just made this uh, presentation <laughs> for him where I was like, hey, hi, Chris, like I'm Jonathan and you've never met me, but like, but I was just hired to be like your intern for a four on one. And I know you're like the main manager. And, and so they've been just leaving me hanging and the, the guy who hired me doesn't work here anymore, I guess. He, he didn't really know everything that was going on. He was kind of just in his own little bubble of like trying to maintain. I told him um, that the position was for $12 an hour uh, for the internship, but I'm down to just do it for free because I'm a huge fan of the brand. I grew up, you know, buying the VHS and then buying the DVDs. And I just, I don't, it means so much to me just to be associated with you guys. And um, I just wanted to like, let you know where I was coming from basically. And so he kind of just took it all in. He was like, okay, yeah. Um, He's like, well, we want to pay you. Like we we can't just have you like working for free. So he said, yeah, just give me like two days or something like that. Just give me a couple of days and then I'll talk to them. And we'll figure something out because yeah, we, we could definitely use you, you know, like you got hired. So, um, so that ended up working out. Oh, wow. Yeah. He hired me as like a, like an independent contractor. So then, um, I would just work my hours and then just kind of invoice them every week. So it worked out amazing. I had my own edit bay and I barely knew how to work like a computer, but I had my own like edit bay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like using like final cut pro and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. But like I got to work with Ricky Beatenball and Kevin Strick. At this point, four one one was just like a free DVD, like in a little like sleeve. So this was like two thousand eight or something. The DVD was now free. It used to be like thirty bucks, and then then now it's just free because of YouTube. My job um, while I was there was to um, basically digitize all of the the um, VHS and DVD to the hard drive and then they were trying to sell it on iTunes. It was such an amazing job because I, I would just kind of hit play on the video and just hit record. And I'm just like watching videos basically. And it's like digitizing and I'm like watching it. At, I'm watching 411 at 411 and getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to like save it and, you know, do all my labeling and it was kind of monotonous, but I'm like, dude, like this is what I do like at home, just watch all the skate videos. So, yeah. Um, but then what I did from there was kind of like, um, I guess that's my personality. Like I just try to take advantage of like the situations, like, uh, I guess like in a good way, like not like, um, at least for, so I can move ahead, um, with certain things. So I thought, how else could I be a service here? And, and what I did was I had bought, um, a Sony VX 2100, which was like at the time, one of the kind of more pro cameras to have. And so I told him, hey, I have, I have this camera now. I used like part of, my, I convinced my dad to use uh, my like college fund or what was left of it to to get this camera. And then I told him, hey, I have this, I, I'm able to film. So like, if you wanna uh, have like, if I can go to different demos or contests or whatever, and I can just shoot it. And then, you know, so you can get like more content. I can edit it also. And they said, sure. So I actually almost got to go to Europe. Um, to uh, there was a contest in Rotterdam. Uh, one day I was in the edit bay, and and Chris or Ortiz shows up, and he's all like, "Do you want to go to Rotterdam for this contest?" And I didn't even know where that was, and I was just like, "Yeah, sure, I, I want to go." But it ended up getting canceled. But um, they did get to. They sent me to um, to Canada for a trip, like it was in um, in Quebec for this contest, and so they flew me out there, and I got to stay like in a 
like everything paid, like hotel, and I had, um, you know, like money for for food and stuff. And so it was just amazing. I got to film and, and edit. And because I presented this idea, you know, like I just wanted to be like as useful as possible to the brand. And that's the kind of philosophy I try to bring to like whatever company I'm with, like even with LDP, like when I did the, the pumping thing, I hit up um, Joner and Scott and I was like, hey, I think pumping distance is kind of uh, interesting because it brings in a new um, audience or, mm-hmm. or demographic or whatever you want to call it, where they, especially older people, I've noticed like with pump tracks, I, I've met people that are like, oh, I used to skate a lot back in the day bowls and stuff and now i don't but the pump track is kind of like getting me back into like shape and like you know carving and my endurance and stuff like that um it i don't know it's it's been uh interesting uh like i i want to work with scott to set up some kind of like um event or something like a pumpathon or something like that just to bring more eyes to to distance skating because it's it's something that has really kind of inspired me in, in the last couple of years where it's it's like learning new tricks kind of but not tricks it's just more like time and distance and um just achieving um daily goals and things like that so you've touched on quite a few things there i really like you know how you, you tied it back to this whole put yourself out there express you know your ideas to people you never know where it could go and your your story about just like you know, faking your way into a meeting is is a really nice way of, you know, showing that, right? Because at the end of the day, you knew you could reach this person, right? You knew you could at least talk to them in a way that you could express yourself. And if it didn't go anywhere, then you knew it wasn't for you anyway, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So I really like that. And the the second thing you touched on was just at the end there was goals and like setting goals, right? Which you had you had mentioned when you know, you're teaching people, having them set sort of these, these goals, right? Have a goal in mind, like, what are you working on right now? And I, I think that's a really, that's another really nice skill to develop, where it's like, mm-hmm. having that perspective of being able to be like, you know, last week, I didn't know how to do this. This week, I still can't do it that well, but I'm better than I was last week, you know, being able to gauge yeah. your progress without actually having even completed the thing. But then of course, once you have completed your goal, looking back and being like, I used to think I couldn't do this, you know? Yeah. And then any other time you face something where it's like, could I do that? It's not so much, I can't do that. It's, can I, you know, what would it take for me to do that? Right. And do I want to do that? <laughs> like, do I want to put in what it takes? Right. Yeah. Like, um, turning, turning it around to be like, you know, it, it's not that you're not that type of person. It's just that you haven't worked to be that type of person, right? Mm-hmm. Some people will say, oh, I'm not a endurance person. I'm not a, you know, this or that type of person. But so much of um, what we do, right? Like if you're, if you really like endurance, it's because you've worked at it for many years. It's not like you weren't just like, most people aren't just born with natural skill. Like natural talent is is kind of like a thing, but if you ask me like most people have worked for their talent you know and yeah a hundred percent like set goals and, and know being able to gauge progress is how you how you develop how you grow and i like i like how you tie that into your skate lessons 
Yeah, and it's like a goal that like you want to do. You know, like I'm not going to give them goals. I'm not going to be like, hey, um, by week two you got a kickflip or or ollie or like nothing. Like it's it's like whatever you want to do. Like um, when I was a teenager, I would go to uh, different business seminars with my dad, and I really liked these kind of motivational um, lectures and stuff like that because a lot of it was more like let's say it was like marketing seminar a lot of it was just mindset and that kind of stuff really stuck with me where um they would talk about like i mentioned earlier having the end in mind like having like a vision of like where you want to be even if it's insanely insanely crazy like like um like i want to have a yacht or whatever like maybe you won't get that yacht like um in the short term but maybe you get like a like a sick raft or something you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. Um, like you get you're, you you might get something similar um and and you're on the way and like that kind of like little win is is what like keeps you going or at least keeps me going like i'll say oh i want to do um whatever miles and 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 then i get close to it and then i'm like oh snap like i i think i can do it like i think it's possible Mm -hmm. and you can only find that out once you kind of try and having that attitude of like trying is, is i think good like because if you don't try, like, you, you, you're never going to know, like, what you're capable of sure. unless, like, you, you really go for it. And that's where I get, like, a lot of motivation from would be, like, you know, watching people like Adam or like, or like Titus. Like, I met Titus at Skate the Cape. It was, like, I think 2021. And uh, it was an interesting scenario how I met him because um, the only reason I went to Skate the Cape was because um, this guy met Animal. That's his nickname. I forget. I don't know his real name, but they just call him Animal. He's like this goofy um, longboarder. Um, but he had come to one of my events because I, I host a, a banked slalom race in Baltimore at Landsound Skate Park. And so he told me, dude, uh, there's like a, a slalom event in Delaware. And uh, I'm all like, dude, like, get out of here. Like, are you serious? Like, yeah. slalom in <laughs> Delaware? Because I learned slalom in California, in San Diego. And I, I didn't know much about it. Anytime I would hear about slalom in other places, I, I was just like, whoa, that's cool, because it's just so new to me. But um, anyway, like I, I went, and they had this like kind of sideshow slalom thing where they just set up like two straight lines of cones, and they do a duel, and there's no timer. It's just like a finish line. They just kind of like eyeball it. They're like, okay, ready, set, go. And then, so it's very, very like, I, I, I call it sideshow just because it's not as professional as like the stuff that i've done but it's very pure in the way that it's like that's how it used to be back in the day in the 70s or even 60s where it's like just um you know like a flag or whatever and then just whatever cones and just ready go and whoever passes the finish line first wins and so um i ended up winning that one but it was the kind of situation where if i didn't win something was wrong because i was the only one with like an actual slalom setup oh, okay and like and it's something that i did like i don't think any of them really did slalom it's just something they would like it was part of the event like oh let's you know swip let's wiggle through the cones and stuff and i don't know it just kind of like um something they just added to it but it wasn't like super serious just more for fun so skate the cape um really awesome event that happened uh two weeks ago from when we're recording this it seems like i guess for those who may not be super familiar there's like a few different events that go on there's like seven yeah Uh uh-huh they do like a downhill 
um, and they do uh, like a high jump. It's really cool because it's kind of like old school style where they have the slalom, they have high jump, they have a uh, freestyle, they have a um, slide jam. So it's, the only thing they're missing is really like um, kind of like a street contest. Like, but they do have like a game of skate, which is like kind of oh, okay. like street. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I really like it because they touch on like all kinds of skating, and that's what I'm all about. It's like skating everything. Like when I teach skating, also I try to, you know, bring my longboard, bring my slalom, bring my uh, street deck, bring my bowl deck. You know, like everything, just to because not everyone has to learn kickflip. Like that's like the most mainstream thing. But like you could have so much fun just pushing, or just carving, or. Um, like skateboard dance they had a da uh, dance contest also a skate dance um so there's, there's so many different avenues you know like so I, i'm really happy that they kind of showcase it all or at least as much as i can yeah i saw there was a, a skate dance and then a regular dance off as well it sounded like it's called oh, a dance off the board dance oh i don't think i saw that <laughs> i think it was just a post they made it might have just been a joke um oh, but that's okay. cool so yeah skate the cape super pure in terms of an event mm -hmm. and yeah, totally. yeah when you so one time i remember telling someone who didn't really know a ton about longboarding with and mm -hmm. i had the orangutan i had like the purple wheels the yellow and the orange ones all out they were like what's with the different color like what does it mean is it just for show and i was like no they actually do different things technically right different durometers and that's like the wheels right but like you expanded on how a slalom setup is completely different than a street setup, than a push mm. setup, right? And when you teach people this, I think it really, um, when they really start to understand it, it kind of like blows their mind a little bit. It's like, it's not just one thing. It's not just like something you can buy at a Toys R Us. This is a precision like vehicle, you know, like, mm -hmm. and um, especially the slalom people and, and um, distance, right? We love to get very technical it seems less yeah. as you mentioned less common for street skateboarders which makes sense I, i'm like i street skateboarded as a kid i mm -hmm. can't say i'm like an expert right um so i don't know what tweaks to the gear would really help because uh, i don't you know i don't skate like i don't you know uh fly off of 10 sets or like you know spend a lot of time doing ledge tricks, right? Like what are the little components to your skateboard that you'd want to refine for those disciplines? I don't know. I'm wondering if like the street skateboarding is so hard on the equipment, is is mm -hmm. it even worth refining your parts or just buying new cheap ones, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's super interesting. Like I, I always like watch like the Nine Club. That's like my favorite um, podcast. I mean, other than uh, it's tied. With <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. I think about it, it's tied. Um, it's tied, yeah. But it's so it's funny. Tied. Like, um, you'll get a guy like, um, uh, okay, I'm not going to put anyone out there, but I've heard many pro skaters mention their setup and they're like, they don't know the wheelbase or they don't know like this or that. And it blows my mind, but it, it's kind of like they don't need to know really because it's like they, they're getting it done. And it is very almost like baseline like shallow compared to like ldp or 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 with slalom where um like your average tree skater goes to a skate shop and they're oh what do you want to get oh i'm just eight two five and that's yeah. all i say eight two five and that's just the width of the board but what about the length what about like the concave the steepness of the tail and the nose the shape like it, it's trippy like the more you're in it then you start learning but like I, 
notice like a lot of people that are new to skating they just it's not that they don't care it's just i don't know it just you mature mm -hmm. i think that's like the best way to describe it like you don't need to know unless you need to know i guess right you know right like um my partner just started skateboarding and or you know i got her a pantheon you know stock setup the pranayama which comes with nice. the parastrucks right with the stock bushings yeah and she was riding okay. that for a while and it was good. But then I got riptides to put in there, riptide bushings just to replace yeah. the stock ones. And she's like, this is way better. Like it just makes it, it's, and it's funny, like she may not have noticed right away if, if that was right. how the board came. But when you're, when you can make these incremental sort of changes to your setup, it's fun to see, see how it affects you, right? Like what you actually notice. Mm -hmm. So even even at a beginner's level, right? You can you can pick up on these changes. Yeah, it, it takes time. See, there's a point where you just can't refine anymore. You just have to ride for a while before you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I get a new wheels, right? A new set of wheels. I like mm -hmm. to ride them for many hours before I like really assess them, right? Because you got to break them yeah. in, and then you have to ride them for a long time to really know how they behave. And that's just right. wheels. Uh -huh. Wheels are weird, right? Like something like bushings, something you can really tweak, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Like I have a different bushing. I have like a little tackle box with bushings and stuff. And it's funny because at, at working at many, many skate shops, like I remember people coming in and they would be like, oh, I need this specific bushing. And, the, and I would almost like think like, why are they tripping on it? Like, because I, I, I think also it's like a cultural thing. Like if you're into like, uh, if you grew up with uh, like Thrasher magazine or these kind of more hardcore mm -hmm. uh, types of skate content. Like it's, it's almost like you, they teach you to, to like just skate whatever and like to skate until it breaks and just, uh, if it breaks, use your friend's board and, and you just do it kind of like almost like caveman style where yeah. it's, I don't know, it's weird. Um, and so like that mentality kind of rubbed off on me for, for many years like uh even like with the whole long board versus short board yeah i want to like i want to say it's because um like a short boarder would look at a long board and think like dude you're kind of lost like you can't even ollie with that thing you can't do tricks so it's almost like a elitist thing where it's like you can't do tricks you're just rolling mm -hmm. but it's like almost like a bully mentality like it's like you're looking down on the long border because oh you can't do the tricks i'm doing and you're almost like just lost and then also it's very easy to pick on like oh you're you're wearing shorts and and uh you're pushing mongo or you're wearing <laughs> sandals and it's and it, it's it's interesting like that but like you know the older i get the more like maturity i have and and i can just see like it all more clearly where it's it's like if the, if the dude pushing mongo with with flip-flops and stuff is like having fun that's all that matters um and he doesn't need to learn a kickflip, you know, like he, he doesn't need, like, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, like, it's funny, like, think, like, I used to be very, very narrow minded as like a kid. And I think part of it was just growing up with a certain, like, uh, this, um, it's like an elitist kind of thing where it's like, we're, we're the best. Like, we just, we do these tricks and we're badass and it's like, we're the best. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and like. I like how you've drawn on this perspective of yours where you've, you've been in the scene for over 20 years, right? Been skateboarding mm -hmm. for a very long time. And you, even yourself, were fell victim to this mentality of yeah, this elitist mentality. But 
I think it comes, it's so, fu- it's so funny, right? Because skateboarding starts off way back in the day as this new thing. And they're getting made yeah. fun of, right? They're getting picked up yeah. for being like an outcast. And, and then you become like a bully of the outcast. <laughs> yeah. And it, it be, it's almost like, like it, it got to a point where skateboarder skateboarding was like, oh, you don't like us. So we're not going to like anything you give us. Right. Yeah. So like, it's like, uh-huh, like an FU like, mentality. Yeah. Like subculture, right. Anti everything kind of mentality. But that's came about as like a retaliation against like, uh, whatever mainstream culture. And now mm-hmm. skateboarding in the past 20 years has become more and more popular, right? Mm-hmm. Like as I was getting into it when I was 10 to like 13 years old, right? Um, mm-hmm. It started to become really cool. Like in school, people thought it was cool, right? I would never, never yeah. got picked on for being a skateboarder, right? Right. And, uh-huh. so and nowadays it's even cooler, but only, right, if you're a street mm-hmm. skateboarder. Like the long yeah, and now thing. that it's in the Olympics, like what's in the Olympics is like street, and uh, and and what do they call it? Park, which is kind yeah. of funny because like the street has ramps too, so it's not really street. It's like ramps with like rails and stairs, and the other one's just just ramps without the mm-hmm. rails and stairs. But um, yeah, now it's like full on sport where like I'll, I'll teach lessons, and th- these kids are like, like I'll ask them, "What's your goal?" and oh, I want to be sponsored by Red Bull or I want to be in the Olympics. And I'm like, damn, like the old me wants to be like, no, F that. But <laughs> like, I get it. Like, okay, that's, to you, that's appealing to to the people that were in it before energy drinks and Olympics. It's like very strange because we understand that like now we're cool to them, but like before we weren't cool to Red Bull and stuff. Right. But there's a lot of good things to Red Bull. Like they're really supporting like, They've even they used to do like a pump track race actually that I wish would come back but you know actually Red Bull is very supportive of skating. Um, yeah, it's just like a kind of full circle to like now it's like a full on sport and like you look at guys like Nija and they wear like uh, athletic gear like he doesn't he doesn't look like a skater he looks like I, I don't know what like it's like a sports guy and um, I was not a fan at first like I was a fan of him as a little kid but then once he like kind of changed. I thought like it turned me off, but now I'm a fan again of him just because I'm, I his progression is insane. Like it's undeniable, and it just you can't knock it. You know, like I, I mean, it's not my clothing style that I would wear, but now I kind of dress like that too. Like similar, where I wear like athletic gear. Like one of my goals is to like ride for Under Armour, which is a brand from Maryland. Oh yeah, and and they have nothing to do with skateboarding. And my whole pitch to them eventually will be like, you guys are blowing it basically. Because if you look at Nike, Adidas, New Balance, like I never thought in a million years New Balance would have anything to do with skateboarding. And they have, they have a banging team. Um, even like Puma, like I, I, I saw that um, Asics is now doing a skate oh, team. Oh, really? Like, like in Japan, they have a skate team. So but yeah, like I, I'm really into like, I even have a, um, uh, like I'm an ambassador for a, a non-alcoholic beer called Athletic Brewing. So I, I have one right here. So it's like a little, oh, little nice. plus. There. So like even just the name, like it's it's called Athletic. And like years ago, I would hate that uh, just because of like the brainwash of like, you know, athlete versus skater. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm into it just because like I, I kind of little by little start breaking away and think for myself because as a kid, it's easy to just like become like 
just i don't know like almost a sheep to like the culture of like this is cool and this is not because they're literally telling you like what is cool and what is like there's a section in thrasher that like makes fun of people it's it's such a bully mentality yeah, where it's like so dumb. Blah, blah, blah. but they're like making fun of their own people though which is it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but at okay. the same time it's very like high school style where oh we're cool and you're not cool we're both skating but blah 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 um so i really enjoy growing up like a lot of people hate getting old like I, I, a lot of times people say oh i hate birthdays like especially like w- women i've noticed like oh they don't talk about their age and yeah. things like that but for me i like getting older with skating but if i didn't have skating or something to kind of go with it then i guess i'd be like the same way like oh it sucks to be old but as a skater i'm like i want to be 75 and like pushing you know like 200 miles at, at ultra or whatever and so like Dude, that'd be sick. You, you know what i mean like i want to be like that yeah. and so like thinking about old age is like inspiring to me because i want to be that old old guy <laughs> still pushing it because i have friends yeah. like i'm friends with this lady judy oyama who is um she's like over 60 she's i think 61 or 62 and i race with her in slalom and we're on the same team and she's beaten me before and it's like wow it's so amazing that she's like my mom's age and she's like ripping at downhill slalom and going to like like world championships and stuff like that so it's as a skater i like getting older it's a challenge but it's like i take pride in being like the older skater because i've grown up and and i can think for myself now and um i don't know like it 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 makes me um wake up like happy yeah to like it's fulfilling it yeah yeah it's fulfilling yeah no, that's awesome. Um, so I do, uh, I do want to touch on one thing you've you've you mentioned already, but we sure. need to kind of go into this a little deeper, and that's the fifty mile, uh, fifty miles on the pump track you did, the yeah. the record. Um, so I don't know how to like. So there was no record before. I I guess there probably was in theory, but you kind of one day were like, how did this start? Right, you you've. You so it all started pump track, right? It, it all started from, um, I guess, first pump tracks becoming more accessible because I, I don't know when it was, maybe like five years ago, six, I, I don't remember when, but like you would see these kind of like prefab pump tracks where it's like uh, collapsible or whatever. And they just, oh, yeah, I saw them starting, starting to kind of pop up. Like, and I thought that looks fun. Like, I hope we get one of those. And um, we actually have one in my area, and, but it's more designed for bikes. And so like the berms are kind of like interesting, like it's not really made for skating, but little by little, um, they are made for skateboarding, like smoother cement, because a lot of them are like that kind of asphalt that's slow for skate wheels, but like perfect for a BMX bike or a oh, mountain yeah. bike or whatever. So it's the first thing is like just pump tracks becoming uh, accessible and just seeing it on video and stuff and i thought that's cool and so they built one in in um in a neighboring town in, in it's called Fre- uh, frederick maryland and um i met this guy his name is joe wallace and his instagram is joe skull so he's got a really cool um in, like a uh, whole content going on like he he does a youtube and stuff like that and he helped design the pump track so i met him at the skate park and with the beauty of Instagram, like he had already been following me. I was like, Hey, what's up, man? I, whenever I go to the skate park, I try to like introduce myself and say hi to everyone and, and become friends with them. My personality is like, I just want to be friends with everyone. And, uh, 
so I don't know. It's just part of like how I am. So it's it's funny going to races because like I don't want to like beat anyone. <laughs> like I'm competitive, but like whenever I see the leaderboard or if, like let's say like at at Skip the Cape I got first place, I felt kind of like bad. I'm like, like because I'm like I hate that the levels of it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, oh I'm first and you're second and you're third. Uh, I I don't like that at all. Like I like it's nice to get a trophy and things like that, but I don't do it for that reason. I just I love the thrill of like. Uh, progressing and like kind of like what you said earlier like I didn't think I could do this and now I'm doing it like that's such a amazing feeling and it's like a like a drug almost like you want to like keep doing at least for me like like what else what else what else can I do and um, it's, it's such a rad feeling so anyway um, I met Joe and he had this idea where if you did a hundred uh, consecutive laps on this pump track he has, he designed a sticker that uh, said, uh, you're a Century Club member. So kind of <laughs> like a like a joke kind of thing. But also, like, when I first did it, he, he wrote me, like, a handwritten uh, note that said, um, you know, welcome to the elite human race or something like that. Like, it was so cool. I still have the note, and I felt so happy to be – like, that's another reason I love skateboarding is because it has this beautiful community and camaraderie and stuff like that between different ages – you know, I could be at the skate park and just be broing down with like a seven-year-old. Like, hey, yeah. what kind of board is that? Oh, I have like the same board, you know, or whatever. And, you know, it's like strange to like an outsider, but I'm just like, it's like skater to skater. We're just, oh, what kind of wheels do you have? Oh, sick. What what bearings? Oh, nice. Like, where'd you get those from? Or, you know, it's like we, we can balance super easy. So basically, he came up with this event to do 100 laps. And so it took me like half an hour. And like midway through, like they would just count the laps one, two, and like a, with a little clicker. And I got to like 45, I think, and my legs were burning, like my my quads and my knees were hurting. And I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this. But like because of the the community aspect of it, I just pushed through it. So kind of like ultra, like I would never do that alone. Maybe I would nowadays because I see people doing it, but like I would rather do it with other people because it makes it like, it's more motivating like okay i'm not in this alone like there's other people doing it and we're going in circles so because of the other people and like the motivation and the pressure i i ended up doing 100 laps um and i like immediately fell to the ground i was like laying on the ground like dude this is so crazy like i was like so like for two days i think i was like sore <laughs> um <laughs> and but it just it lit a fire in me to to like do it again and i I wanted to like be able to do a hundred laps, which took like half an hour, I think. And then just, I want my goal is just to like walk away and be fine, like not limping or anything. And so maybe a few months later, I was like practicing and then we did it again. And so it got to like 99, 100 and I, I was able to keep going. I went for like another like six laps. And then, you know, I kind of like walked over to the bench and I sat down and I thought this is so cool. Like, yeah, it's like this immediate like gratification of like, I fine I feel, I feel better than the first time you know like i'm not like totally wasted and exhausted like i'm not on the ground i'm like fine and so it was just that same kind of uh pattern of events where like he would do it again and i'll try it and then i did a switch i did switch 100 wow. and then um and then i kind of just took it upon myself to be like hey uh, what's possible. And so I just kept doing it. At, so I text him, Hey, look, I did, um, I did 200 laps. Oh, I did 300 laps. And then I got to the point where it, um, counting the laps was really like annoying. Um, it took away from like the fun of it. So, cause I didn't want to be like, Oh, I'm, 
lost track or whatever because it's a really tight circle like so if you want to talk about skating in circles i i do like the tightest ones probably because it's only <laughs> yeah. two, 205 feet i measured it with a little rolling tool thing like hamster hamster style like hamster circles like in very small circles <laughs> so um i so what i wanted to do to make it more fun was i measured the track and then uh, i would just put on, record on strava and then i just started counting miles instead so then i could just listen to a podcast or music or whatever and then just kind of get into a zone where I'm going, going, going. And like every once in a while, I look at my miles and say, okay, I'm going to do, um, you know, or, or kilometers. Cause I think we were doing this, um, through IDSA, there was like a challenge thing where yeah. it's like 5k and 10k. So then I thought, uh, I think I even mentioned it to Titus. I was like, I wonder if I can do 20k on the pump track. And he's like, dude, no way. That's like, that's insane. So I, I forget how many miles 20k is i i forget the the conversion but um like 12 13 then I, miles what was it it's like 13 miles almost okay yeah yeah that makes sense so then um then i made it miles because it's kind of easier for me to understand and so i thought like what about 10 miles what about so i just kept doing like i would recover and then try more and more and then i um i did um i think i did like 20 miles or something and then I posted it and people were like, dude, I can only do like five laps and then I'm, I'm dead. Like, how can you do this? And da, 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 da. and then someone mentioned, oh, I wonder if you can do like a thousand laps. And I thought, wow. So I did like the, the, um, the math on that and I forget what it was. But what I did 50 miles is like over a thousand laps. Wow. So then I told so Joe, funny. I told him like now I, I start a new club, which is the Millennium Club clubs member or whatever because <laughs> yeah. it's like not a hundred it's like a thousand yeah. so uh i think the break time was like 50 miles is a thousand two hundred ninety laps um so i got to the point where my muscles were like in shape for that amount of time for the continuous pumping but then uh my feet would go numb especially my back foot would go numb because of the lack of movement yeah. and also like when you're skating for that long i guess your feet kind of expand a little bit and so my, my foot started going numb. So I, I had this pattern of like, every time I would hit like a one lap, I would wiggle my toes. And I tried different things, like different shoes and things like that. So it was a big like learning process where I was trying to figure out like, how can I actually make this happen? Um, and so when I did it that day, I, I had to start um, super early in the morning, like at five, I think it was like five ten. I wanted to start at five, but then we we're uh, kind of talking with, I had a whole film crew cause they're, they're working on like a documentary on me. Oh, that's cool. Um, cause I got featured on so my, my, uh, County it's called Montgomery County and they have like, um, an Instagram called the Moco show where they feature just stuff in the, in the County, like in lo just local news and stuff, but they also promote stuff. Like they have a pretty big following. When I first saw it, started following them, they had like 70 K. Now they have like over a hundred K followers. Um, but someone told me, Hey, you should advertise your skateboard lessons through them. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. And so I hit them up and I said, let's do like, they have different options, like story marketing or like a hard post. And so for just the story it was like 99 bucks. And so I thought, let me just try that. I don't want to spend too much money. I'll try. So I, I submitted my ad and I said, I'll just try the story. And then the, the owner or like the guy in charge of the, the Instagram Moco show was like, Hey, um, I saw what you, I looked at your Instagram and I, I like what you got going on. Um, so I did something for you. 
And so I didn't know what he meant by that, but I just told him, thank you. And I, I looked and he did a hard post where he did, um, took like a screenshot of me when I dressed up like Freddie Mercury oh, for cool. Halloween. Cause I did this like solemn thing dressed up like with Freddie with the whole, the whole outfit. And so he took a, a screenshot of me and he said, Hey, this is Jonathan, but he goes by Shreddy cause he looks like Freddie and, um, he teaches skating so check it out and so that post went like not viral but like a, a lot of people like had like 200 comments and stuff and people from my high school and people that knew me they were like hey that's jonathan and blah blah blah, blah. and <laughs> so that so was amazing cool. so that led to a bunch of stuff like um there was a restaurant that was like hey we have like the mercury burger can you take a picture with it and can you like a bunch of people messaging me for can you do this can you do that and uh, i did like interviews for like a magazine and stuff. So, so it was like a little so cool. like uh, five minutes of fame type of thing. And part of that was like um, this guy Arun and his crew, uh, they do documentaries. And, and so he hit me up and he's like, hey, we want to do a documentary on you. So we started doing it and, and uh, I had them film, like document this whole pump track thing, um, which was really awesome. So that might um, make it a world record because it has to be like fully documented and, and have like witnesses and stuff. So. Uh, I, I don't, I wasn't really trying to do a world record, but if it is, that's cool. But I, I kind of just wanted to bring um, to light this kind of different kind of uh, distance skating. Cause I, I love pushing and going this like far and stuff like that, especially going somewhere instead of a circle. But um, I also enjoy like the transition part of skating with the pumping yep. and, and carving and that kind of thing. Uh, and it's it's almost like I'm like anti-pushing cause I'm, I'm not pushing at all, but- exactly. I'm just trying to bring like that extra P to it. Cause I know like LDP is like push and pump. Yeah. So I'm just trying to bring emphasis to the pump part of it. Um, and so it, it, I met this lady who worked for Fox five news and they came out and they interviewed me and it was just like a, like a good, like um, eye catching thing to, to see the title where it's like skates 50 miles without pushing. So it just kind of is confusing to someone that doesn't understand pumping. So wow, yeah. it allowed me it allowed me to like explain what pumping is and like the pump track and just the scene. Whenever I do something, I try to like involve everyone. Like with this podcast or, or with the documentary, like I felt like do uh, like I feel weird having all the attention on me. I, I like to be like my goal is to be a vessel of uh, of all kinds of skating. Like I want to be known as like. Um, like one time I was at the, at the indoor pool using the, the, the sauna and this guy recognized me cause I, I have like my look right with the mustache sure. and stuff. And he was like, Hey, I saw you at the skate park and they were talking about you. You're that skateboarding guy. And I thought that's, that's beautiful. That's like the, that's it, uh, like you made on it. my, uh, on my tombstone or whatever, my, uh, my grave, <laughs> what, what do they call it? The, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. on my grave, that's what I would, would wanted to say like this, this skateboarding guy. Um, that just like promoted skateboarding and just like in, to enjoy your life, you know, because I try to teach skating like uh, long term. I have like a discount, like the more lessons you do with me, I have more discount um, because I want them to to give it a chance, you know, not just one lesson, 12 lessons and space it out. Even if it's for one year, that's good. I want you to stay with it. I want you to catch that bug of um, just rolling and, and knowing like pumping is beautiful because you're you're literally going with the flow you you um you get heavy when you go down and then you get light to go up and it's kind of like that drop-in thing where you just 
you're working with gravity and you're using your momentum and I get to explain science too. Like you're, you're storing up this kinetic energy and then you release it and you store it and you're like a spring. So it gets pretty deep, but I just, I'm so um, inspired by, by skating that I, I just want everyone to enjoy it. Like I've heard people say, um, oh, skateboarding is for me. And, and that, that's true. That's good. It's like a you sport. It's like a you individual thing. But with me, I, it's like I skate for me and for you and for like everyone. That's why I love posting on Instagram and stuff because then it's, I get to just put it out there and even I develop a lot of friendships, people from other countries and stuff. And, and they're like, dude, if you ever come to Sweden or whatever, you can stay with me. And mm. that makes me so happy. Like yeah. it like kind of chokes me up. <clears throat> just like thinking about it like just the, the connections like is, is amazing an awesome network yeah you've developed an awesome network of it's like people. a family so to speak like yeah. I, my skateboard family grows um just day by day minute by minute i have all these screenshots that i save and and it i look at them and it just reinvigorates me because i'll forget like today i did a lesson with this kid who's six years old so like little kid and very kind of spazzy like he's like oh this and that and like it's hard to just keep him on the skateboard because he's like look <laughs> at the cloud it looks like a rabbit and like, oh yeah yeah um and then his mom uh has a she owns a, a clothing store um and i didn't really put two and two together but i just i saw that i got mentioned and she reposted my um my flyer for skate lessons and she's and she said Hey, we, I like to like, you know, support local business. And this guy is a saint. So I was, I was like, wow, wow, that's like such an amazing, like compliment. Yeah. And I hate to say, like, it's not, it's not that it's like the ego thing. Cause I try, um, to not let it like feed my ego. It's just, I, I appreciate the, um, the, uh, um, I don't know how to say it. Like, it makes me feel like I'm doing something like mm -hmm. I'm my, goal is to like just contribute however I can um, and so I'll take a screenshot of that just so I can look at it later and think like I'm doing something like with my life and for forever like my parents didn't want me to skate because it was a different time like back when I started skating in the late 90s it was like a like how you were saying like rebel thing like uh, kids in the corner behind the school smoking cigarettes and drinking and a lot of my skater friends from high school like either ended up in jail or, or died so I'm kind of happy I grew up kind of strict because I never hung out with them because my my dad told me straight up like if you he ever catch me smoking or drinking mm -hmm. that he'd send me to boot camp oh, wow. but boot camp in in Colombia like so that's like machine gun style <laughs> um so I would always just kind of skate in the garage or you know throughout the season just mostly alone but then little by little I, I would I, I learned that reaching out to people works out because like if you're just quiet it, like I, it's for me it's very easy to be quiet but once we talk about skating as you can see like i can talk <laughs> about it forever you know what i'm saying like just because it's something that i um I, I i live and breathe you know like I, I i dream about it i it's everything to me and it's not just the board and the wheels it's just like where it's taking me the people i've met the types of skating, the places I've been, it's just the whole, <clears throat> the, the whole package is really, really amazing. So um, it's, it's almost like the, the time right now is, is, is 
so precious because it's like a culmination of like what I've been doing since I was 12. Like, you know, now, now my parents like it because they're like, Oh, Miho is in a magazine. He was on on the news channel. He was on TV or he knows Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk follows his, follows him on Instagram or whatever. Like now they like it. I make money off of it and things like that. But it's because it's in a different um, stage, you know? And so I'm really happy that I stuck with it and, and I didn't, ever have to like try to stick with it because I just love it so much you know it, it, it's fun to do and um, and it helps me like it makes me want to live a long life because because of it you know like I don't know what I would be doing without it yeah it's yeah it's fulfilling to you right it does all the things you need besides feed and clothe you right like yeah like it's, and it's it's self-fulfilling so that's like something else I'll, I'll mention it's like you you, you create your own happiness. And that's like something that um, if you don't have, you, you can really struggle through life. Um, like I'll be doing another interview sometime soon about um, skateboarding and how it relates to mental health. Oh, nice. Um, because it, it's been in, in different, uh, like LA times, I think it was, where they talked about that mental health and aspect of, um, especially during like the quarantine, a lot of people picked up skateboarding because of that aspect of like you can do it alone and um you can be social distant from socially distant from other people and it's it's like you you do it at your own pace and you don't necessarily have to do tricks like uh, i have a lot of friends that are way older than me and i like that because i can learn so much from them and one friend in particular jim gray who's like a older pro who who was on gns he would say something to me like um tricks are for kids and at first I would kind of laugh at that. I'm like, oh, he just doesn't get it. But he really does get it. You know, like the more I listen to the older guys, they've been there and done that. So like, I really appreciate the wisdom. And that whole tricks are for kids thing is, is, is true to me now, more true than ever, because it's kind of fleeting. Like that if you're kickflip, nose grind, shove it out, whatever, like, and you land away, you land it and you get to roll away and you never do it again. It, it's, it's like, okay, like that's cool and all. And you got the video, but it's so much there's so much more to just like um just riding your board i don't know it, it's it's less risky i mean there is risk factor but i just love the fact that i can um pick up my board and just like go somewhere and that may seem kind of lame to like the x game skater or something but i can do it long term and it's consistent or way more consistent than doing like a flip in flip out trick like i i, I keep up with all the thrasher videos and stuff just to it's still entertaining but um, it's I can't relate to it as much, you know. It's just like damn, like it's so overwhelming, like insane. Especially since it's like movie magic almost too, because it's like every trick took them a while, but then it's like the make, the make, the make. Maybe they show a fall. I don't know how else to put it, but it's like movie magic, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's like instant gratification, like yeah, like if you met them and you say, hey, do this hand roll, like they may not. It may take them a while. And, yeah. And I've seen that too, growing up going to demos, like I. I remember seeing Paul Rodriguez had a demo and he, he came out of the van and all these kids kind of rushed him. And they were like, hey, let's play a game of skate because they wanted to like beat him and then say, hey, I, I beat P-Rod in a game of skate or whatever. And I have a video of P-Rod doing a kickflip super high, but then catches it like primo, almost falls. And I'm like, I'm just like, dude, like I have this, I, I can't believe that happened. You know, like what it's, um, I felt like almost like, um, 
like in shock, you know, oh, right. he didn't do a kickflip first try, but that's just how it is. Um, it takes a lot of practice and consistency to be like how it is in the videos. And it's not really like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every day. They kind of paint an ideal picture and it's still fun. But in, but in the same way, that's amazing because that really progresses skateboarding. Like, I don't think anything really progresses as fast as skateboarding. Like, I don't know. I mean, other than like other extreme sports, but that's what really like if a kid is like 10 right now and they're and they're watching Yuto Horigame or Naija or whoever, and they're seeing all this stuff, th- that's like their baseline. They're like, okay, okay, I got to do that. And yeah. that is so gnarly and and then what happens is that they evolve to like the next level just because they're like starting at this point where skateboarding has come so far and and that's like their their norm and then it's so it's it's really insane can't imagine how skateboarding is going to be like 10 years from now because what i've been seeing on like street league and things like that it never ceases to amaze me like any video that comes out in trash i'm just like jesus christ like it's almost like mind-numbing where like anything is possible but it's it is amazing but it's also not um as pleasurable as it used to be to watch like it's it's entertaining but it's not relatable like i i love watching adam's videos um, sure blue ridge project and he should have millions of views like to be honest like his his content is such high quality it really um, is and it's relatable it's accessible mm -hmm. you know yeah and it's easy to like understand, you know, digest. I yeah. Guess. Like maybe one day, like my dream is it, it for long distance and slalom and downhill to be in the Olympics. Um, but even if it doesn't happen, that's fine. But I feel like it deserves to be in there just because of the, the numbers aspect of it. Like there's no style involved. There's no, I mean, there is obviously, but it's just like racing, you know, yeah. like first, second, third. Slalom, yeah, like skate slalom came from ski slalom, and that has been in the Olympics forever. So it just makes sense for for skateboard slalom to be in there. I I got to talk with Tony Hawk when he came to visit DC. I, I helped him with uh, an event. Um, Did you really? Yeah, it was for the skateboard project. It was like a fundraiser, and so I know this guy Alec, who is like the main guy with skateboard project. Um, he invited me to go help out since he knew I was in nearby DC. And it was pretty rad because um, what we did was I helped. Uh, so I taught these business people that were fundraising for skateboard project. I taught them how to build a skateboard. I mean, not not just me, but like uh, there was a few people. But I instructed them on how to build the skateboard. And then we had like a race. And I have a video where they're all like, you know, wrenching on the boards. And they're, and like one guy even like cut his, his um, hand because he was like, you know, on the grip tape. Or I don't think it was like from the razor blade, but just kind of like scratched his hand sure, on the grip yeah. tape. But it's pretty funny seeing all these people just like trying to <clears throat> build the board super fast, and then uh, then Tony came and did made like a speech and stuff, and uh, it was cool because he 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 had like re- remembered me from when I went to his ramp and I got to skate it, um, and I had a question for him. I'm like, hey Tony, before you go, I had a question. Do you think uh, skate slalom will be in the Olympics? And immediately he was like, well, we need vert in there first. And I started laughing because, of course, he would say that because he's a verse skater. Yeah. So that makes sense because it's street and park. And he's 55 now and kind of slowing down. But, like, uh, uh, okay, take it back. He's not slowing down, but he's changing the way he's skating um, just so he can go long term. He's kind of doing more, like, technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for a fact if they were like, Tony, tomorrow, can you do Olympics? He'd be like, hell yeah, because 
that's just the way he is. And he, he's been writing history and he wants to continue writing history until the day he dies. Just like his documentary, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's, good it's one. called Until the Wheels Fall Off. So that's like the perfect title because that's how he is. And that's how I want to be too. And um, I think song eventually, so he told me maybe, but I think it for sure belongs to be in there along with downhill and LDP. Like that'd be so rad, but if not, if not, it's fine. One it's day totally fine. I do. I do believe too, that one day it'll happen. I, I, I have my hopes high as well. I think like you say, it's, it's uh like a race is is a lot different than tricks right and it's actually easier to watch too so from a spectator standpoint it makes a lot yeah it's easier to understand because i know like with the street um in olympics people i like i would ask people like what what did you think about it and they would say oh they just i saw them falling down a lot they kept falling they kept falling so to the untrained eye they're like okay these guys don't know what they're doing like they keep like falling off their board like what's going on here and like but for someone who enjoys it the yeah. falls are actually entertaining right because you you can see what they're yeah. going for and you're like he almost uh-huh. had it or they almost had it but they right. fell off here yeah, they yeah, slipped yeah. out here whatever uh-huh um yeah i think that's that's a tricky thing like if if what they're after is spectators and views then honestly something like downhill is probably the best slalom might be better um and then distance comes last, I think, just because of how entertaining it would be to watch people downhill. I think, at a professional level, in the Olympics. I was recently, I was recently watching like um, Tour de France, and like I never really paid attention to that. But now that I'm into LDP stuff like that, really interests me because I it's similar, right? Yeah, the like endurance, and so it'd be, it'd be rad like um, to see to see something like that, but with skating, like you know, like in in other countries and stuff and just these people on the sidelines are so into it like i never really paid attention to it attention to it like seriously but it's amazing like you see all these people and they're like screaming and they have their signs uh-huh. and they're like go 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 like i visualize that with skateboards and i think eventually like i don't know it's like very similar i don't know like cooler in my opinion than like i love biking and like I don't know. It's it's funny thinking about like how I used to be and how I am now. Like I was gonna wear this hat, like the the IDSA one. Yeah, and it's very like athletics. It's very like um Tour de France style almost. Like yeah. it's like a bike style, and like that would never interest me before, but now I I'm so into it. And so it, I feel like a reborn skater almost. <laughs> like, and it's like I like since skateboarding is so mainstream now and, and cool like you see supreme and all that kind of stuff i like being different in in the fact that like um i'll, I'll be pro- promoting uh idsa or or slalom and and i've met like i've shown do you remember this guy ronnie krieger yeah he used to be on so i showed him how to slalom skateboard oh really like, not, like not that he didn't know already how to like toe and heel and like you know carve, but like um, we had this uh, event called Cyber Slalom, which is when you set up twenty cones on flat, you push three times, and then you try to like manufacture speed by pumping instead of just. It's not like just make it like not knock down any cones, but you want to like race mm-hmm. through these cones, and so it's a really interesting thing that. I started learning a few years ago and then also like implementing uphill. Like I have videos where I pump uphill through cones and, and really like power through. 
in a different way than you would see um, with LDP, where LDP is more like toe heel, like wiggling, like um, we call it like surf style, where it's like feet um, more like sideways. With slalom, you're more like um, forwards, like no stance really. You're more like uh, like ski, like more like ski stance. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But anyway, um, I was at this. Um, it was at an underground or a covered parking spot where we set up the cyber slalom. And so like on the other side of the parking lot, there were all these like street skaters doing slappy curbs and stuff. So it was this funny thing where we're all like wearing helmets and pads and swerving through cones. And then like on the other side of the parking lot, they're like doing crooked grinds and stuff and no pads. So it was like just two different worlds of skating, like under the same roof. And then Ronnie, um, he came over to me because I had met him through the skate shop and he was like, hey, he's like, can I try one of your boards? And he's looking at it. And he's all, dude, this is like really trippy. And this is a guy that's been skating like forever. Like yeah. I grew up watching him in videos and it was cool to meet him and become friends with him. And then he asked me, hey, can I try your board? And so I said, sure. Can I video you? And he said, yeah, that's fine. So I have a video of him going through, like I kind of showed him how to stand on the board and how to move it. And he did a first try. I mean, like I, I didn't think like, it was beyond him at all but it was just in, like i never thought in a million years i'd be like instructing a pro skater yeah uh like how to do a s specific kind of skating you know what i mean <laughs> that's so cool so like i have all these little memories and videos and stuff and so like sometimes late at night I'm just looking through all this stuff and it, it's it's mind-blowing um just like the stuff that i've gotten to do um but what's exciting is the future because mm -hmm. um, i've done a lot but I feel like there's so much more I can do. And it's not, again, it's like, not, I don't want to sound like an egomaniac or something, but it's more so like, um, I, I just want to keep spreading the um, the stokes, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Like my, my big goal is to like get it into like PE class. Because now be cool? uh, my, new, my new job is I, I drive a school bus. And so I'm kind of trying to like infiltrate the school system almost like now that <laughs> I, I work with the, with the county. Yeah. And so like I'll talk to the kids about skating. And then um, my ultimate goal is to have like an indoor skate park and mm -hmm. also um, have it be an elective with PE where they get to choose um, skating for their physical education. So that's like my big, big goal is to like have it be implemented because I want kids to be motivated to go to school. Because I know for me, I never wanted to go to school because it wasn't relatable. Like, the only thing I liked about it was I would get to see my skate friends or, or look at the girls or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, like, motivational to me, not the schoolwork, but just to be there looking around and stuff. Um, if I had an option to skate, that'd be so cool. And I know there's programs in California that are similar, but it's more like after school. That's, like, my my other cause. Like, I have a, like I want to do records with LDP. I want to do records with Solemn. I, um, I want to continue to skate bowls. Like I used to do um, contests with bowl skating and I've won my division in the thirties, um, which was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I got to meet a lot of pro skaters, but there's like so much I want to do. It's kind of overwhelming to think about it, but it's like in a good way. It just, it, it, um, it really like fuels my, my desire to keep going. And, to, and whenever I have any kind of like upset or whatever, it, it's not a big deal. Cause I'm like, my, vision is so long-term that like any kind of hiccup now is like fine because I, I, I look past it. Cause I have like a big, um, my perception is, is like, I'm looking at the big picture, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, you, you are definitely doing a lot, right. You've got a lot going on, um, with 
just the skateboard lessons alone sounds like, you know, takes a lot of your energy, right? And now you're talking about setting records and just continuing sort of this career you've built. And um, there's a lot to that, you know, and you're doing a great job, right? Like you've inspired me. You. You've inspired many people I know, right? So Thank keep, you. Up, keep up the great work, honestly. Thank you. That means a lot. Genuinely, you know, like when I first saw that um, hamster wheel of a Strava you posted, I was like, there's no way this is Oh, real. it looked like, a, it looked like a, um, to me, like a hurricane. Hurricane, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so cool. But um, so is there, before we sort of si uh, sign off here, is there, is there anything else, you know, that we, we should cover? Maybe it's not even related to distance skateboarding um, that's on your mind um, or? I guess the only other thing would be like, um, I, I really, I, I dig promoting this athletic beer <clears throat> because I, I've been sober. I hate saying sober because it sounds like so hardcore, but like I, I haven't drank alcohol for over a year now. Um, and that also motivates me to like keep going because then it's like one less thing to worry about because I was never like super out of control or anything like that. I never like had to people telling me you got to quit or nothing like that. I just took it upon myself to just stop. Sure. Um, part of it was because um, during the beginning of the pandemic, I was still living in California and I started doing Instacart when the skate shop went uh, kind of into the, um, the uh, what do you call it? Like the quarantine phase where the, I started doing Instacart. And I noticed that most of the orders were alcohol. Uh, it was like, okay, 12 pack, six pack, whatever. And because um, over there they have like this, brand called Bevmo. It's like like a warehouse for of just alcohol. And I'll go there and pick up and, and drop it off. So a lot, I noticed a lot of people during the quarantine were just drinking the situation off, basically. So that, that made me kind of want to just stop because I didn't want to like, um, I don't know, like it was very eye-opening to, to see that route people were taking because it's very easy to just kind of drown it out to be like, okay, wow, nothing's working out here and it's going to, drink about it basically um so i i kind of stopped for six months but then i started again thinking like oh i'm fine like i can have like one beer and just stop or whatever but i kept having like these um situations where like you know I wake up and not feel like totally like not super hungover but just like not feel right or, or even just drink one beer and then feel kind of like sluggish or whatever so then i decided to just stop again and then I went to a concert and um, I, I felt the kind of urge to be like sip on something while I was watching the show because everyone else is drinking. I don't know. It almost becomes like a habit of like I want to just yeah. sip on something. And I had tried to do like um, uh, like those fizzy drinks, kind of like carbonated water or uh, LaCroix or LaCroix, however you say it. Mm -hmm. But it just it didn't taste good to me. I'm just burping and like I just didn't like it. Um, and so I, I started looking into non-alcoholic beers. And at this venue, they had one called Athletic, and it really it kind of intrigued me. And I thought that's so random because, like, who, like, what athletic person drinks beer really? Or like, I mean, they they do it, but they don't like. It's a weird connection, you know, with like sure. athleticism and beer, but this beer doesn't have um, alcohol in it. So they they sponsor a lot of endurance athletes, um, like runners and bikers and stuff, and they don't they don't have a skater. Like I know, like Adam O'Neill's actually he follows them. He he drinks it, but he would be like the perfect like guy to yeah he would to promote them. So, but I don't know if he wants to, but he'd be like the the poster boy. But um, 
started drinking it. So like, cause I, I like the taste of beer and this one actually like is real. they have craft style ales where it's like they have an IPA and a hazy and like a blonde ale. They have all that stuff. And so whenever I get an urge to like have that taste of beer, I'll just sip on this. And then, um, I feel fine. And, and it's almost like, um, I get a high from like abstaining, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I have the, like, it's a really nice feeling to, to be in control. I used to be like one to be out of control because my personality is kind of like mellow and also like, uh, kind of have anxiety and stuff. And so like I would sometimes before skating, I would just drink a little bit and feel like, okay. Um, but now I don't do that. And it's kind of like this, the progression thing where it's like, I used to do this and now I don't. And it makes me like want to stay, in control more often. So like, I guess that's one thing I want to touch on um, is I guess abstaining from alcohol because I, I know a lot of people can be, um, you know, keep it in moderation. Like people would tell me all, that all the time when I would like try to stop and, Hey, I'm, I'm not drinking for the whole month. And people would tell me, Hey, you can still drink, like just take it easy. But I know with skaters, we have this kind of personality where we want to kind of push it like one more one more especially if you're at a bar it's kind of like a setup like now i think about it differently yeah. if you're at a bar and you're drinking and they ask you hey you want another one it's like that's that's like candy to a little kid almost like hey, you want more candy oh yeah i'll take more candy and then they don't really kind of like look into like how are you going to get home or however it's just like such a setup you know what i mean yeah so now i think about things that now i like cringe at going to bars or anything because i used to be like Oh, I'd go to the skater bar and hang out there and watch the videos and hang out with the pro skaters and shoot, shoot pool and drink and stuff. And then like skate there and then like crawl home basically. Like I used to be like that. And now I'm like, I had a guardian angel with me because a lot of bad things could have happened, but I just kind of sh shimmy through a lot of crazy situations. But now I'm like so happy to, to move, ha to have like moved past that, you know? Yeah. And because I try my best to be a good role model, like when I do my lessons, I wear my helmet always. Uh, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I um, so when this lady said that I'm like a saint, I'm not a saint. I'm not perfect, but like I'm trying to be like that, mm -hmm. so to speak. Like I want to be as um, pure as possible and and promote skateboarding in in the best light as as possible. Yeah, and that's it. I've talked. I've spoken way too much. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I thank you for opening up about that. Honestly, that's that's a you know a personal thing, right? And I, I wonder if other people have felt similar. You know, I know I have with some things, right? Where it's like, you know, um, you're just trying to change a pattern in your life, right? And it's like mm. something maybe you've done every day or you know every evening or whatever, and it's just like one day you're like, I really should, should stop or I really should, should figure something else out. So your, mm -hmm. your mentality of like, Oh, I'm going to drink this beer. That's not alcoholic, but yeah. it's going to give me that high of like, Oh, I've abstained. I've done the thing I set out to do. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, that's like exponential, right? Like progress is, is not linear. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first time it's hard and maybe it's not as rewarding as you'd hoped it would be. And it's still in the next time it's difficult and still not that rewarding, but eventually you get to a point where it's easier to not do the thing. And it's 
10 times as rewarding as it was the first time you stopped like yeah totally because it takes time to form like a new habit mm-hmm. um and like i never thought about writing a book but like talking about this makes me want to like do some kind of maybe i can put it in my documentary or whatever yeah but there's no rush to do that um like they these people like reached out to me and I'm, i didn't want to say no so i'm like okay yeah you can film me and we can talk about stuff or whatever um but I, again i try to include like um Oh, I forgot to mention I'm part of this. So the reason I did the pump track thing was also to promote a charity event because I'm part of an organization called the DC Wheels. And um, we do like um, skate-a-thons and stuff like that. So that was also another taste into long distance, which was uh, 45 miles. And we we tried to bring awareness and fundraise for different, um, you know, like uh, like for the last one, there was a, one of our friends had a, a very rare uh, cancer. And so we were trying to raise awareness and also build, um, like, you know, fundraise for, uh, like, money and relief for that. And so when they interviewed me about the pump track thing, I got to talk about that. So that was part of my goal was to um, promote pumping or skate endurance and LDP and stuff like that, but also promote this event that we were going to do, which was two days later, uh, a 45-mile push. You know, since I did ultra, like the first time I did ultra was last year and I did uh, 151 miles. Nice. That really changed, thank you, that really changed my whole perspective on on what I could do in mileage because before then I had done the skate-a-thon, which was 45. Um, and before that was like just a couple miles here and there. And so 45 to me was like insane. And that was like taking breaks and going slow. But still 45 was like, we'd skate all day, like from like mid-morning to nighttime. And that to me was like badass, like the most gnarliest thing, 45 miles. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people that just don't do that, really, just maybe they go to school or like to the store and that's it. Less than less than one mile is like average. Um, but uh, I just kept, I did that for a few years. And then um, the pump track thing was a way for me to promote the organization. But then they, they said the name backwards. They said the Wheels DC, which was kind of a fail, and they didn't give the website, but it's totally fine, though. Like, I just wanted to also mm-hmm. include um, this organization because uh, the, the main guy, his name is Jimmy Pelletier, and I really look up to him, and he started the organization, and that's um, something I tried to help out with as much as I can. Yeah, we can make sure to link that, too, in the episode. Yeah, we can link. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'll plug that, plug the athletic beer. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So um, if I was to write a book or talk more about something, it would be um, kind of like tricking yourself into success in, in a way where um, you just put yourself into situations where you just have to do it. Yeah. So that, that takes a certain personality and I'm not super outgoing, but like, I'm very passionate about like, I'm like a little kid where if I want to do something, I just have to do it, you know, like it just, I have to do it yeah. somehow. And, and that will get you far in life because if you're like Tony Hawk, he, he says in the documentary about his life that he was never a natural at it. His first time skating, he like ran into a, a wall and like chipped his tooth or something and then mm-hmm. just kept going and people would make fun of him. Thrasher in print would make fun of him and, and bastardize him basically and even yeah. make fun of his dad. They would say, oh, he's cheating because the dad is um in charge of the NSA and and blah, 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 blah. He always wins because it's rigged and he has no style. And he, they would say that he would cheat by ollieing into his heirs, but actually that was pioneering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, they were, he was the easy scapegoat, like an easy target to be like, oh, he's skinny and he goes in the air and they would call him Bony Hawk. But 
he says in his documentary that his superpower is just persistence. Mm -hmm. He's uh, relentless. And so that's kind of like how I am is like, if I want to do something, I'll just set my mind to it and somehow I'll, I'll, I'll get there or maybe get somewhere similar and then move over. So my tactic is like that persistence and also forcing yourself into situations. So like for me, I wanted to, to live that California, like skateboard life. So I sold my car and I just flew there and I just through Craigslist, I found like a, a, a futon for rent. Like I showed up at this lady's apartment at 10 at night cause my plane got delayed. And I'm like, I show up like, Hey, I'm the guy from Craigslist that um, I'm going to be sleeping on your futon. And she's all like, looks at me and I, I look harmless and she just points to the bed. Yeah, there, I'll talk to you in the morning. You can just get yeah, crash right there. And so that was my start in California was Craigslist, like $200 a month or whatever to like live on this girl's like futon wow. in her apartment. So like, and my parents were freaking out because like, where are you going to stay? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Like I figured it out. And so that I just put myself in that situation. <laughs> yeah. And then I would just skate everywhere and try to meet people and network. Hey, I'm from Maryland. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Like, let's do this. And and so that's how I've made progress by putting myself in this situation. So like with the no drinking, you also have to like have an alternative because for me, drinking the seltzer or whatever else, like just didn't work out. So then I, there's a gap missing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, a, how can I fill this gap? And so with this athletic beer that tastes just like beer, I feel like I'm almost cheating, except like, I don't get like that buzz, but it's a different kind of buzz where I'm like, oh, it tastes good. Cause I like the taste of beer and craft stuff. So then I feel like I'll have one and I'm like kind of satisfied, like, okay, that's good. But if I didn't have this, I'd be like kind of longing for something similar or whatever. So that's a good way to like, um, move on from addiction is you have to fill it with something else. And I know a lot of people have this a similar story of like, oh, I used to do heroin and the, the hardcore stuff. And then all of a sudden they found like, a, a, what do they call it? Iron Man or something like that. And then now all they drink is like, uh, they're vegan and they drink like um, kale uh, smoothies uh -huh. and, and everything's yeah. organic. And it's like their workout, wake up at five in the morning. They're, so they're like, they, they have transferred their addiction to like health and to fitness and to like pushing or like kind of like killing themselves in different ways with endurance. And, and that's the way to do it. Um, you just kind of find something to fill that void. And so for me, it's like drinking this and thinking about like, instead of jumping downstairs, I'm like getting that similar knee pain, but from like pushing or whatever I'm like. And so, so with LDP, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to ultra. I'm signing up. I'm just going to go. And now I'm stuck with it because I just, I just went, I thought I have to do that. Sure. And now I'm stuck with it. You know, it's, like, <laughs> you just, it's kind of a, like a sink or swim technique, but also tricking yourself to like, so recently I've been doing 10 miles a day, but it's because I'm skating to work where I work is five miles and then five miles home. It's in the nighttime. Like when I wake up at 4:45 to get to work at like 5:30. it's very cold now and, and dark, but I have my headlamp and then, going home it's not as cold but it's like that i look at strava and i'm like oh yeah i did 10 miles but it's because i had to you know what i mean like if you don't like i put myself in in these pressure situations and then i make it happen so that's like kind of my technique is have a desire and then just set a routine where you just have to do it like there's no way around it yeah it's like climb the mountain and then you have to 
climb back down. There's no one's going to yeah. do it for you, right? Exactly. And then you've done the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So kind of you set yourself up somehow. Inspiring. Yeah, I love that mentality. That's really good. Thank you. It, it works for me. It works somewhat I don't know. the whole fight or flight yeah like <laughs> sink or swim that's great well hey shreddy uh, i really appreciate you coming on the show this is thank been you so awesome. much for this opportunity yeah no thank, really yeah, thank you it. you know you reached out and had some really kind words and then i was like you want to be on the show and you were like absolutely so uh, <laughs> i really appreciate that and hey you know this is actually the first episode where i've interviewed someone who i've never met in person so ah. there you go pretty cool that's awesome yeah. that's new record but we'll change that because in fact you were you were at ultra skate when i was we were at ultra skate together we just never met uh uh yeah i tried to like chat with everyone but i but i got to meet uh miguel but i guess now he goes by angel but um that was a cool experience like i kind of was trying to pump more than i should have because i'm like hey i want to show these guys like how i pump yeah so even like uh jeff from pantheon like he took a picture of me where i was pumping and i thought that was cool because um, now I know so much about him, but at the time I didn't know anything really. So especially like watching um, Adam's recent documentary about, uh, you know, the history of like adrenalina and stuff like that. And now so I'm like, good. geez, like I really didn't know that much about him. And now I'm like a huge fan. But uh, I remember I was trying to pump around Miguel and I'm all like, on your left, on your left. And then he, he, he's, he goes, dude, I heard you the first time. And then like... I kept skating and then I thought, oh no, like I think I pissed him off or something and I felt so bad. So like on the way back, I was like, hey, what's up, man? I, sorry, I didn't mean to like, scream at you, whatever. And so I was talking to him and that was kind of like my intro to, to meeting him. But um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to like, you know, I, I just felt like, oh man, I just want everyone to like me. I want <laughs> I want to be friends with everyone. So I went out of my way to, to talk, chat with him. And he's so cool. And that was a good interview you did with him. Thank you. Uh, about nu- nutrition and stuff like that. So I've been chatting with him more and more about like what to eat and things like that. Cause that's, that's something I never really thought about until kind of recently. Oh yeah. Cause I would just kind of eat whatever and skate, but now I have like new goals where like nutrition is, um, it, it's more important. So like now I'm paying attention to it. Cause before I'm like, just whatever I, sk- I skate and I just do, Mm-hmm. I eat whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, the t- typical skater mentality. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Just eat pizza and pizza and beer. <laughs> pizza. So that's like the old way of thinking. Not not anymore. Now I, I try to be more uh, more healthy and and conscious. Yeah, yeah, conscious of what you put in your body and all that. I think it's big. Like how he mentions like fuel. Like he th- like he doesn't say food. He said fuel. Fuel. So I, that's that's a rad way of thinking about it. Not food. It's like gasoline, kind of like to keep you going. Yeah, it's energy, yeah, that you use. Energy, yeah, that's the best way to think about it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. And um, can't wait to, yeah, skate with you again and, and connect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll be doing 200 miles at Ultra Skate, I take it? That's my goal, yeah. to do 200. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unlike Angel, he's all, he's shy about putting it out there, but I don't care. I need that pressure. To, <laughs> so when I show up, people are going to be, hey, what's up with the 200? I, I need that to like keep me going. 200 is tough. 200 is tough, you know? You, but you, yeah, you can do it for sure. I've been skating every day since then, like distance. So like I really? should be able to. Before, I was not like very prepared. Mm. I just trained for like a month or something, like a month and a half. 
and just went for it. It went from like 45 record to 151. So at this rate, I should be able to do it. But um, you never know. Like I know Adam was talking about like he didn't want to claim anything because it could just be a wash. It could just rain the whole time, or it could be like a friggin' hurricane, or or too hot, too cold. You never know. But um, you just want to prepare and be be ready, be as ready as you can. <laughs> That's the endurance aspect, right? It's just painful. It's just painful. Yeah. Yeah, but I've learned so much since then. Like what shoes to wear whatever like i've learned so much like in the last like year because i've been just like kind of obsessed with like watching paul kant's videos and watching like all pantheon stuff and asking them questions like i've been really delving in and but um i'm, I'm forever a student like, even though i teach skating like i don't know that much about ldp i know some things but i know it's kind of like what they say like the more you know you find out you know nothing yeah because it's it's exactly it's what it is it's exactly you can't know everything there's always something to learn and every yeah everyone has something they can teach you 100 yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. with that yeah thank you so much uh shreddy i will see you soon you know and we'll be skating for sure I, i've never been to maine oh come on so now i have now i have a reason to go because before I, I never thought i would go there <laughs> yeah any time of year summer's best but any time of year okay thank you so much and have a good night. Skating circles for life. Skating circles for life. Yeah. I'll send you a t-shirt and everything. Oh, sick. I would love that. I'll, I'll wear it with, uh, with big honor.